Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the kennel, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. I appreciate Robert inviting uh, us to his branding yesterday. It was it was a great time. Uh, there is always a uh, a great sense of fellowship when you get a bunch of cowboys together working towards one purpose to 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 be a neighbor and to help and and a lot of times I already had one of those they're delicious. Oh, I can't see that far. That's. You ought to be ashamed of yourself for eating baby fingernails. That's what coconut is. It's baby fingernails. They just clip little babies. That's what Kathy does at work. She just clips baby's fingernails, puts them in a bag, and sells it as coconut. It's gross. <clears throat> but anyway, and ever so often when you're at a branding, there's a wreck. And I, and I want to tell you about a wreck that happened yesterday at, at Robert's Branding. Uh, only, only three of us. Uh, only three people saw the wreck happen. It was at, it was at lunch afterwards. And um, so anyway, we were all hot and tired and sweaty and, and had, had, a, had had a good branding. And so uh, we went across the road to, to have dinner or have lunch. It, maybe it was dunch because it was like, you know, 3.30 or 4. And uh, anyway, we get over there. And the first thing I go is, is, is for the tea, right? Just cold. I didn't even care if it was sweet. Um, but anyway, I went for the tea and, and I'm sitting there and I have this metal chair that has a cushion in it. And that cushion felt so good. I was sitting there. And so Griffin, my son, sits down next to me and Ty walks up and he sees my chair that has a cushion on it. And so he wants a cushion also. So, so he starts looking around for a cushioned metal chair instead of just the metal chair. And he goes, you know, to the back 40 to find it. And he switches out metal chairs and he sits down and you can just see the, ah. well, what a lot of people don't know is he's got a bad back and sciatic problems. And, and when you're, when you're, uh, given shots all day and you've kind of been, except for whenever it's your turn to rope or we're gathering and you've been on your feet all day in boots that are made for riding, not walking. I don't care how tough an ombre you are, you're sore. And so anyway, he sat down and you could just see he's taking a drink of tea and he had just like this slight smile, contented smile on his face. And so, uh, anyway, uh, Robert comes out and he tells, he tells us, he's like, y'all go get something to eat. So I knew the drill. So I went in there and I washed up in the laundry room and I fixed my stuff. And Griffin was right behind me and Ty was right behind Griffin and, and Ty filled his plate up and, and we walked outside. We walked out the back door and me and Griffin sat down and then another guy came and saw Ty's cushion chair And he sat down in Ty's cushioned chair. And then Ty came outside. I got a little teary and I hope I don't choke up <laughs> when I describe Ty's reaction. <laughs> I wanted to whip that <laughs> Ty walked up 
and he looks at this guy sitting in his chair and Ty's T is still sitting there. And he looks like somebody had just strangled his pet monkey, okay? And he didn't know what to do and he just stood there behind this guy and me and Griffin are looking like, is Ty going to tell this guy to get up out of his chair? You know? And so finally I realized Ty's trying to figure out which one is his tea because his tea was sitting right there and the other guy's tea is sitting right there. And, and he, I, it, was, it was great because I didn't know what was going to happen. And me and Griffin are like, it was a suspense thriller, right? And so you could see the resignation that happened on Ty. He just, and then he, like Romeo and Juliet, like it was something that he just couldn't have. And so he moves over and lo and behold, the other chair at the table is part chair, half milk stool. It was made in the 1810s and it's about, the seat is about eight inches by eight inches. And, <laughs> and you half sit, half balance on it. And so Ty's sitting there, sitting on his rickety chair, trying to eat his, his sandwich and he's, he's eating beans. And I just want to let you know, I've seen you grow. I have seen you grow, buddy. It was mostly fake. <laughs> that, that was good. It was great. You know, Ty never said a word. He could have sat somewhere else. Could have found him another chair, but he sat with me and Griffin and his nemesis. <laughs> you know, and he could have done what we've all done and made a joke about it to let that guy know that he sat in his chair Oh, my tea was sitting there. And then if the guy got offended, he'd oh, I'm just joking, right? He could have done something like that, but he didn't. He just sat down next to it. He just sat down with us and ate his beans. Life can be unfair sometimes. It seems especially unfair to us Christians. Those that are called to, to be more than, than, than what others are, to, to be held to a higher standard. When I'm talking about Christians, I'm talking about those who willfully and intentionally follow Jesus Christ on a day-to-day basis. Not just one of those that, that has a, a, an idea that, oh yeah, I believe in God, but somebody that says, I am going to walk, talk, and act like Jesus Christ did, and I'm going to follow him and abide by his commands. See, everyone else gets to get mad Hate, be jealous, envious, spiteful, and even flip the bird in Denver traffic. Everyone else gets to sleep with whoever, however, and whenever they want to. And then if you say something about it, they say, well, you can't judge me. That's what everyone else gets to do. Everyone else gets to make money off of lame horses and call it business. Everyone else gets to do whatever they want, but we don't. Seems just a little bit unfair. We are held to a higher standard. We are told to have character and integrity, and respect, and strength, and honor, and truth. We are told that we are not, not, to, not to be better than somebody else on a comparative, but, but we are commanded to be better, better at loving, better at a lot of things than everybody else, so that, they, so that people will see Christ in us. We are commanded to love instead of hate. We are commanded to give instead of receive. And we are commanded to die in order that we might live forever. 
Today I start a three-part series titled Unfair. It is where we will talk about all of these things. I will say what every Christ-following Christian has thought at some point, but I will also point out the power, purpose, and potential of living that life that at times may seem just a little bit or a lot unfair. In Matthew chapter 5, Jesus is preaching the Sermon on the Mount. He's already given what they called the, the Beatitudes or the attitudes, that, the B attitudes that we should have. And, and he's already talked about a lot of stuff, but then he gets into our, our, our relationship with others. And isn't that the hardest part of being a Christian? I mean, if we were a monk and never had to talk to anybody and never had to drive in traffic, traffic and never had to deal with anybody else, man, life would be a lot simpler, wouldn't it? But, but that's not the case because we were made relationally. We, we were made to be around others and fellowship with others and deal with others. And hence lies our hardest and, and most difficult processes is in how we deal with those others. And so God being the gracious God that he is full of mercy gives us some guidelines that we are to go by in our dealings with others. In Matthew 5, chapter 5, starting in verse 38, Jesus says, you have heard the law. That says the punishment must match the injury. An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Isn't that the way the world operates? If some, you know, I, I see it on social media and, and a lot of people uh, uh, criticize social media. But Chris, uh, social media is just a, a microcosm of actual life. And, and I see this a lot. I'll treat you like you treat me. Well, you know, if, if I'm a butt to you, you need to look at how you're acting towards me because I'm a nice person. But if you be a butt to me, I'm going to be a butt to you. That is not how Jesus commanded us to live by any means. You have heard the law that says the punishment must match the injury. An eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth. If somebody's mad at us, we get mad at them. If somebody's mean to us, we are mean back. If somebody says something bad about us, we say something bad about them. It's the way the world operates. If somebody screws us, then we, we try to screw them over. An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Jesus is saying, you have heard the law that says the punishment must, mass, must match the injury. An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say, Jesus talking. But I say, do not resist an evil person. If someone slaps you on the right cheek, offer the other cheek as well. Now, that seems unfair. If somebody slaps you on one cheek, turn the other cheek and let them slap the other side. Now, <laughs> I, I, I don't know very many cowboys that's going to allow that to happen. Okay. But what you must realize is that in the original context of what Jesus is saying, he is not talking about physical violence. He is talking about slights and slanders. If somebody says something bad about you for the way that you live your life, keep doing, keep living your life and give them an opportunity to say something. If you're living right, okay, give them an opportunity to say more. This has more to do with slander and slight, not physical harm. This is about having peace on the inside, not pacifism on the outside, okay? Jesus is using like a colloquialism or a figure of speech. He's not necessarily saying if somebody comes up and smacks you, 
to offer your other cheek so that they can smack you back. He's talking about personal conflict, okay? If somebody says something bad about you, don't defend yourself. If you're doing right, keep on doing right and give them another opportunity to say something bad about you for doing something right. Anybody ever heard of Matthew Henry? He was smarter than everybody in here and knew more about God than than all of us combined. He wrote a, a commentary on the whole Bible. And here's what Matthew Henry had to say about when Jesus says, turn the other cheek. He says, suffer any injury that can be borne for the sake of peace, committing your concerns to the Lord's keeping. And the sum of all is, this guy lived a long time ago, so he talks better than we do today. And the sum of all is that Christians must avoid disputing and striving. If any say flesh and blood cannot pass by such an affront, let them remember that flesh and blood shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And those who act upon right principles will have most, the most peace and comfort. Now, let me just for a second put that in, in, in like simplified cowboy version. Okay, let's see if we can do this. You can, take what, you can take what anyone dishes out for the sake of peace and by knowing that God has your back. Here's where the rubber meets the road. Those that ride for the brand must avoid arguing, quarreling, and bickering. Some folks will say our flesh and blood cannot let such things pass by without retribution. But don't forget that flesh and blood will not enter the kingdom of God. But those who are Christ-like in their dealings with man will have the most peace and comfort. It goes against the way that the world operates. You know, Romans 12, 2 says, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This is what Jesus is trying to do. He says, it may seem unfair what I'm asking you to do, but what I'm asking you to do is these things will bring you peace and comfort that nothing else will. But I say, do not resist an evil person. If someone slaps you on the right cheek, offer the other cheek also. That's verse 39. In verse 40, He continues, he said, if you are sued in court and your shirt is taken from you, give your coat as well. Man, that doesn't seem fair, does it? If you are sued in court and and your shirt is wrongfully taken from you, he says, man, don't just give your shirt, take your jacket off, man, and hand it to him as well. Why would Jesus say something like that? That, that? That does not seem fair at all. But, and we're not really talking about clothes and jackets. It's a concept. Do our clothes come from, the, from our effort or God's grace? Who provided that in the first place? Isn't the God that provided it, can't he provide something else as well? Inward peace is more important than pride. He says, man, don't long after the shirt and coat that you just lost. Long after the God that provided them in the first place. If you are sued in court and your shirt is taken from you, give your coat as well. Do we choose? I mean, are we really going to choose to hang on to goods instead of God's word and his promises? It seems contrary to the way the whole world operates, and it is. And when you do a side-by-side comparison, man, this seems very unfair of what God is asking us to do because he's asking us to be something totally different than anybody else is. He's asking us to do things differently. 
Verse 41, it says, if a soldier demands that you carry his gear for a mile, carry it for two miles. Now, see, you have to, you have to remember that in the time of Jesus, Rome occupied Jerusalem and, and all of Israel and Judea. And so when they were walking, they had to carry these big, heavy packs, a lot like our military does today. 80 to 100 pounds worth of everything that they needed. Well, when they were just marching through Israel, they didn't want to carry their own pack. So they would grab a Jewish person pull him over here and make them carry their pack for one mile. And then when they came upon the next person, they would take that person and make them carry their pack for a mile. So Jesus is literally, all the people listening to Jesus have probably experienced this. But he said, if a soldier demands that you carry his gear for a mile, carry it for two miles. Now that doesn't seem fair. That doesn't seem fair at all. But see, Here's what Jesus knows. If a soldier made a Jewish person back then carry their pack for one mile, it made the soldier feel powerful. I just made this man who thinks he's a man carry my pack for one mile. Ha, ha, ha. But Jesus is saying, hey man, when you carry that pack for that soldier, don't just carry it one, carry it for two. Tell him, I'll I'll carry it another mile for you. That's no big deal. So instead of feeling powerful now, now this guy's going to start thinking, man, who is this? I'm not even willing to carry my pack for one mile by myself and it's my stuff. And yet this person is willing to carry something that's not even his two miles. What kind of power does this man possess? One mile will make the soldier feel powerful. Two miles will make them wonder at what kind of power you possess. But I say, do not resist an evil person. If someone slaps you on the right cheek, turn the other also. That doesn't seem, it seems unfair, but it's actually quite powerful. If you are sued in court and your shirt is taken from you, give your coat also. That seems very unfair, but it's also very powerful. If a soldier demands that you carry his gear for one mile, carry it for two. It seems very unfair, but actually it is very powerful. Give to those who, in verse 42, Give to those who ask and do not turn away from those who want to borrow. <laughs> Some of us have been saying like all along, well, yeah, I'm not, I'm not too bad at that. I'm not too bad at that. I'm not too bad at that. And now Jesus is saying, give to those who ask and don't turn away from those who want to borrow. Somebody wants to, to borrow something, let them, you know, I, and, and, and I get it. I, I totally, I totally, totally get it. But you know, there, there's this deal in, in, in being a cowboy that you don't let somebody else ride your horse. But what if somebody walked up and said, can I ride your horse? There's this funny little picture on Facebook that says, no, your husband's grandfather's best friend's schoolyard best friend's dog's groomer cannot ride my horse. You know, But Jesus is saying, it doesn't matter how personal something is to you. If someone asks you for something, give it to them. And that's tough. Years ago, we had a woodcutting ministry where we would go out and and we would cut wood for for families that maybe couldn't afford the heating costs or or something like that. And um, there was a couple of different people that were instrumental in that and they called me one day and they said, Hey, we got a problem. Okay. Tell me the problem. Well, the problem is that so-and-so just called 
and wants a truckload of wood. I said, okay. And they said, these people have a bigger deck than your house. They just, they, they live in a huge house. They, they, they make more money than all of us combined, yet they want this wood. And this wood is for the needy. So I'm not going to give them any wood. And I said, yes, you are. You're going to let them take as much as they want. And they said, that's not fair. And I said, there's nothing about Christianity that's fair. I, they said, this is for the needy. And I said, we are all needy of God's love and his provision. They didn't like it. And I don't, and you know what? I don't blame them at all for not liking it. But I said, give them as much as they want. These people didn't go out and work for it. They didn't use their own chainsaws with their own chainsaw blades. They were not out there with me while I was trying to get mine started for 92 minutes. Because that's the only way I do a chainsaw, right? I just stick it on the wood and just pull the handle because that's the only thing mine does. Cut all day long like that. They didn't do any of that. They didn't do any of the splitting. They just didn't want to buy their own. But you know what? We don't know that. Maybe they're foolish and they spent all their money on big decks and big houses. And maybe they didn't have any other money. And there's a lot of that that goes on. Trying to keep up with the Joneses. And I said, it's not our job to judge whether somebody is needy or not. Our job is to provide something and give. And we did. Turn the other cheek. If your shirt is taken from you, give your jacket also. Somebody asks you to carry something for one mile, carry it for two. Give to those who ask and don't turn away from those who want to borrow. And in verse 43, you've heard the law that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. And that way you will be acting as true children of your father in heaven. For he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good. And he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. Love your neighbor. Love your enemies. Pray for those that are mean to you. Pray for those that have hurt you. In verse 46, my summary, Jesus says, If you only love those that love you, you're no better than tax collectors. Or a simplified cowboy version of that, because we don't really, I mean, we have the IRS, but... You know, if you only love those that love you, you're no better than a lifelong politician in Washington, D.C. <laughs> Let those with ears hear. Verse 47, if you're the only kind that, uh, if you were only kind to those that are kind to you, you are no different than anyone else. And then in verse 48, listen to this. Verse 48, you are to be perfect, just like your father in heaven is. We are held to a higher standard. It seems unfair. I get it. It seems totally unfair. And here is where we reach the truth of the matter. Think about this. God has turned the other cheek to your insults and your disobedience. How many times? We, look, we took his son's life in court at a false trial. And he gave us eternal life for just for believing. Think about that. God turned the other cheek to your insults and your disobedience. We took his son's life in court at a false trial and he gave us eternal life just for believing. We asked Jesus to carry our sins for one mile, but he carried them forever and ever and ever. 
Jesus saves all of those that ask, not those that are worthy. He gives all to those that ask. God loves us not because of who we are, but because of who he is. God is kind to us, not in solving all of our problems, but by not holding our indiscretions against us. See, Jesus was the most powerful man to ever walk the earth. The most powerful man to ever walk the earth. And he did so in humility, love, and mercy. What he asks of us may seem unfair at times, but so are the blessings that we, we receive here and what we will receive in the future. In our dealings with others, no matter if they take your chair or no matter if they take your Cheez-Its, we are commanded to love. It's not unfair. It is power like Jesus wielded. If you want peace and real power in your life, not false power. If you want peace in your life and real power, then this is the way to get it. By following God that seems to ask us of things that are unfair. But it is the only, it is the only way to have peace and power. And that is by becoming Christ-like. Never forget that in John 14, 27, these were Jesus' words. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. It seems unfair at times, but so are the blessings that we receive. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, this is hard stuff. We can't do it alone, but we can do it with the Holy Spirit's help. I ask that you remind all of us, even me, that when the time comes to love instead of hate, the hardest and most important part of our ride with you is in our dealings with others. Help us to see them as you see them, love them as you love them, and forgive them as you would forgive them if they trusted in you. We are your ambassadors, your representatives, your cowboys on earth. Help us to act like it and be worthy of it. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.